Thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Can you tell your neighbor, silence the roar? Okay, you know what I said when I mean roar, like I'm talking about a lion, you know, a roar. Okay, so because we're talking about mental health issues tonight, it's going to be deep. It's going to be, you know, like it's going to mean something. So I want you guys full attention on me. I promise I won't take much of your time. But at the end of this, usually we break out in breakout sessions. I actually want everybody to come down here that's dealing with the things that we're talking about tonight because we want to physically lay hands on you and pray for you. Is that okay? Okay, great. All right, I am a firm believer in bringing my Bible to church. So if you don't have your Bible, I know a lot of you have a phone that may have a Bible app on it. Anybody have a Bible app on it? No? Yes? All right, all right. So if you got some, if not, just raise your hand up in the air, okay? Because I'm a person that I like you to repeat after me, okay? Can you do that? So I'm going to say something and repeat it after me. Got it? Are we all, are we all here? It was a long day. Okay, we're going to get through this. All right, I'm going to say, this is God's word. This is God's word. It is life to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. My mind is alert. I am awake. And I'm going to receive the everlasting, ever-living, all-powerful Word of God. If you believe it, put your hands together and say, Amen. Amen. Great, so we are talking about hot topics tonight. It's gonna to be so good. And our hot topic tonight is mental health, okay? So we all know kind of what that means. It's a huge thing in our society about anxiety, about depression, suicide, negative thoughts, all these type of things, okay? So my story, in a little bit of a nutshell, I'm, I don't deal with mental health issues like a lot of people do. Um, but I have dealt with some in some sort of fashion. One of my stories is, and if you were here when I preached one time before or something, I've talked about this. I was actually with my family, my sister and my kid, and my husband and, and two other family members, and we were in Colorado, driving up a mountain. Who likes the mountains? They're so beautiful. Okay, great, okay, awesome. Well, I don't like to drive up the mountains. It's a whole different experience than looking at them, okay? So we are getting up Pikes Peak, and Pikes Peak is 14,000, feet and some, some above sea level, okay? So you're like driving up like mile markers, okay? We get to about mile marker 16. At this point, there's no trees, there's no um, guardrails. Like I looked out and it looked like ocean, y'all, and that was the sky. And all of a sudden I could feel like my hands started to like do like this. And I, I'm very comfortable driving. Actually in my family, I should be driving because pastor's horrible at it. Okay, and y'all can tell him I said that because I tell him all the time. I'm like, babe, okay, you're not a good driver. You are an amazing preacher driving, not your skill. Okay, so I was driving, going up this mountain. I'm doing great. We get to mile mark, marker 16, and I just feel like my heart start doing this. And I happened to just look out, and it looked like we was really close to dying, like falling off the mountain, kind of dying. And immediately, my hands get really 
clammy, and I start feeling like I can't breathe. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I started having a panic attack. And all I could think in my mind was, I'm killing my family. We are literally falling off this cliff. My kid's never gonna get married. At the time, Pastor Janae wasn't married. I said, you know, I'm killing my family. And so in my mind, like, that's all I could think of. How horrible is that, right? I didn't know at the time it was a panic attack. I felt paralyzed in the moment by this. Anybody ever felt like that before? It's the worst feeling ever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on my enemies. But I, I felt like that before. There was about a depression I kind of went through back when I was pregnant with our second child and I miscarried. And it was a really rough season. And I didn't know how to get through that. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to talk about it, all of these different things. So what I said to say is that, We've been there, okay? So I started doing some statistics. Number one, what is mental health? It's your emotions, it's your psyche, it's your social well-being, all right? You guys with me? It affects how we think, how we feel, how we act. Millions of people, millions of people around the world suffer with this, okay? I'm pretty sure every single one of you, at least if it's not you, somebody that you know has suffered with this, right? Okay, here's the statistics that are crazy. Almost 50% of youth, that's you guys, 12 to 18, 50%, that's half, suffer with a mental illness. As of 2020, COVID-19, suicide is the second leading, hold on, second leading cause of death for children 10 to 14. I I had a friend who just two years ago, Olivia went with me, her son killed himself and he was 12 years old. He was two months behind the age of my daughter and me and my daughter have to go to a funeral, suicide. 10 to 14, it's the second leading cause. I think we have a problem. A study came out in February of this year, this is crazy, that anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts among teenage girls, that's y'all, are at the highest rate in the country. That came out this year, this year. Since 2020, the number of, um, uh, the number of anxiety and depression has grown rapidly. I'm pretty sure we can all say in here, we know somebody or have been through something like that. Amen? You can, this is, we can kind of interact here. Okay, so we know anxiety and depression are real. That it can be intense. It can be excessive. It can be overwhelming at times. Anybody who's ever dealt with it, it can be overwhelming. You constantly feel worried or you feel fearful about day-to-day situations. Um, It feels like you can't shake it, like you have no control over it. You feel isolated. You feel like you can't relax. Are you following me? Uh, You tend to look at the worst in things. Um, You have a sense of panic or danger or something's gonna happen kind of feeling. Or you can just feel numb to everything. You're not happy, you're not sad, you just feel numb and you feel like, I I have no choice in this. Or small things seem huge. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about mental health stuff, okay? And it is a real devil loose in your generation that wants to attack your mind. So I'm gonna come for some things tonight, okay? I know a lot of us have dealt with this. Our pastor has been very transparent about what he's dealt with. Our pastor, we know this. Um, a lot of you may know his story and not, and may not, and he gave me the, the right to say it. And honestly, he was gonna be the one to tell this story tonight, but because he's away, I get to tell it. He was, as a young boy, he didn't have his dad in his life. His dad committed suicide when he was young. He never got to meet him. So he was raised by a single mom. During that time, there was drugs and alcohol in the house. During that time, During that time when he was a teenage boy, he tried to almost kill himself. Not once, but twice. This is the stuff that our pastor went through. And then, gets through all of that, he gives his life to Jesus. And I would love to tell you that anxiety and depression stopped there, but it didn't. We got to this building, this building, y'all, 
after we had been pastoring for years, we got to this building and it was like the worst anxiety that he'd ever felt in his life, the worst depression he had ever felt in his life to the point where he felt like he wasn't good enough anymore, that he didn't need to be on this planet anymore. And, and it, was, it was such a process. Now I'm telling you all of that to say he is healed and whole. And it is a, he's, yeah, yeah. We're not going back to those. But I remember telling him every single day, it is just a season. It is not always gonna be like this. And then I would tell him, I would tell him your emotions, your emotions are valid, but they are not permanent. Your emotions are valid, but that doesn't mean it's permanent. So you may feel a certain way, but it is not permanent, okay? So when we deal with these issues, it feels like all of these things are surrounding us, are coming at us, and they're roaring loud in our ears. It's all, we hear things like, it's always gonna be this way. I'm, I'm never gonna change this. There's always gonna be something that I deal with, right? So things are roaring in our ears. So I wanted to actually talk about some things that are roaring in our ears tonight. So we know anxiety, depression, suicide are some things that are roaring in our life, right? Can you guys shout out some things maybe we can talk about? Um, I know that doubt is a big deal that roars. What about fatherlessness? Come on, we, know, uh, we got some single parents that are doing the best that they can. What about not feeling good enough? Anybody else want to shout anything out? You, what'd you say, overthinking? Great. Yep. Insecurity. Sam, what did you say? Comparison. Loneliness. Isolation. That's what it does. Loneliness. Fear. Come on, what else? Because I know this ain't it. Hate. What'd you say? Hate and anger? Anger. Resent. Mint. Okay, great. Bitterness. Don't judge my uh, public school handwriting here, okay? No, come on. Okay, what else? I, I wrote out a bun bunch of... Here's a good one. Abandonment. Abandonment. Thanks. I should have had Bailey keep writing this stuff. What is it? Rejection. Rejection. Jealousy. Yeah. Hurt. What about just pain from the past? How about... Something that your parents, you know, pain with your parents, pain with whatever the case may be. I, I mean, there's just so, we can keep going. I don't know what the heck I just wrote there, but we can keep going and going and going. But these are things that are constantly roaring in our mind. It may not be not feeling good enough for you, but it may be, I'm doubting some things. It may not be, I, I don't feel alone. I got a lot of friends. Yeah, but you may have hate in your heart. You know, you may be dealing with bitterness or overthinking some things or have some insecurities or just feeling abandoned, right? Anybody ever been there? Your pet, how about this? Sam said insecurities, but this is the biggest one. You, you get in your way a lot of times. We are our worst critic all the time, right? Condemnation, and then when we wanna do good, then we condemn ourselves when we don't hopelessness, peer pressure, right? We said these things. These are things that are roaring in our minds and in our life. 
Now, you and I both know a lion is what roars, right? We got a really good picture of a really cool lion up here that's roaring. That's what I feel like my little nine-pound dog, Chancho, thinks he is. He's definitely not. But lions roar. Here's what a cool thing about a lion, which I didn't know this. It's said to be that lions can roar so loud, it can be heard up to five miles away. Five miles away. I don't want to test that theory. I'm good. Just, you know, keeping them in the zoo. But it could be heard five miles away. And here's another thing. They roar, and it's so powerful. And, and it's paralyzing, right? And here's why a lion roars. A lion roars because it's claiming its territory. A lion roars because it wants dominion in the area. It's trying to come for you. And so many things are roaring in your life and Satan's trying to paralyze you with fear, with worry, with doubt, with comparison, with anxiety, with depression, with suicide, with rejection, all of this list of things. He is trying to roar and compare and all of these things. And what you've got to do is you've got to stand up and you've got to silence the roar. You've got to stand up and silence the roar. That means you've got to roar back louder. Come on, somebody. You've got to get your territory back and say, this, my brain, my mind is not your dominion. Who I am does not belong to you. This is my area, so I'm going to silence the roar that's going on in my mind. Yes? Yes. So I love that. How do we do it? That's a great question. Number one, we've got to remove Remove what? Remove the negative talk. Remove the distractions, because my God, we have so many distractions now just alone with a phone, right? Just with that. We've got to remove, here's a good one, toxic people in your life. Because not everyone is good for you. And just because somebody wants to be your friend doesn't mean it's good for you. Don't look next to your neighbor because they might be a toxic person for you, okay? I'm not saying you are, I'm just saying. Social media, it isn't always good for us. Come on, let's be real. You know the TikToky and the Snapchatty and the Instagram, all that. You know that there's a bunch of crap on there. Let's just be real, okay? You know there's things on there. Pastor talked about it last week with our music. What, en- what do you entertain yourself with? What you entertain enters. Social media is a huge comparison thing. I know for a fact girls get on there and look at who's skinnier, who's prettier, their filter, what this looks like. I need to make this look the best because I don't feel good about myself, right? Or I need to have more followers. or I need to do the cool thing. Everybody's doing this little dance thing or whatever else the case may be. But the fact of the matter is if it's not good for you, you got to remove it, okay? You got to remove it. You got to remove the self-sabotage. Some of you are so rude to yourself, so mean to yourself in your mind. You don't ever say one good thing about yourself. You got to remove those negative thoughts about yourself, right? We got to identify the triggers. Here's a big thing. Remove the clutter. You've got so much going on in your mind that it's cluttered. You can't even think straight because all of this is constantly hounding you and roaring in your mind. We've got to identify our triggers and remove them. What does that mean? If it makes you feel a certain way, get rid of it. If that music takes you to a place where now you start feeling angry or you feeling frustrated or you feeling depressed, get rid of it. How about your games, okay? Your games, we be playing some games, but if there's some murder, there's murder, there's suicide, there's sex, there's drugs, there's killing, there's everything, getting a car, all of this stuff. How is this making you feel on the inside? 
What is it doing to us? We gotta know the triggers, get rid of it. If every time you're around that person and they're constantly rude or saying negative things about you or you can't do good enough or whatever the case may be, guess what? Remove yourself. You don't need them in your life. I promise you that you do not need them in your life. You will actually do better with them out, out, out of your life, okay? We gotta remove them, so how? Number two, so we can replace it with something else. Number two is replace. Remove fear, replace with faith. Remove hurt, replace with hope. Remove pain and replace with peace. And here's how we do it. We gotta remove the clutter. We gotta move all the things that are going on in here so we can make room for what the Holy Spirit wants to give us. He wants to give us the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He wants to fill us with those things. But how can he fill us with that if we're already cluttered, if we're already full of other things? How can he fill us with peace if we're already full of doubt? Come on, you gotta think about it. Here's what we gotta do. Here's the crazy thing. I, I saw this statistic. The average person thinks over 60,000 thoughts a day. 60,000 thoughts. I was trying to think today, like how many times did I do that? And then I was like, oh, I, I'm thinking right now. We're thinking over 60,000 times a day. Guess what percentage of that is negative? 80% of our thoughts are negative. 80%, y'all. That's the average, I'm not the average person, okay? I try to find a win in a lot of things. But it's so easy for us to go and find the negative in any situation. He did that, I did it, did it, did it, like anything. We go to a restaurant, what's the worst thing? We don't ever talk about the positive stuff, we talk about the negative, right? So here's my challenge to you. How do we replace the negative thoughts? How do we do this? We've gotta change our focus. We have got to find a win. I am a huge, every time I preach, I talk about finding a win. Because guess what? You say, there's nothing good about my life. There is always something good that is happening. Always. You woke up today. That's a win. You have clothes on your back. That's a win. You have food in your belly. That's a win. You didn't starve today. That's a win. You were able to drink some coffee or your energy drink or have your little chips. That's a win. You have a roof over your head. That's a win. Your parents got you to where you needed to go. That's a win. So there's a lot more that you can be grateful for. There's a lot more things that you can find instead of always focusing on what's wrong. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my mom? What's wrong with my dad? What's wrong with this issue? How come this and how come that? We gotta find a win. We gotta change our focus. Tell your neighbor, change your focus. Change your perspective. Here's a good thing. Okay, so there's a story in your Bible. Mark chapter four, we're gonna go there. And, and Jesus just got done preaching like crazy, okay? So he is poured out all day long. He gets in the boat with his disciples, all 12 of them, and he's tired. So Jesus takes a little cat nap, okay? And he's like in a good, real deep sleep because we're gonna pick up on verse 37, okay? And it says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill the water, fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now, all of this is going on and Jesus is knocked. Like he was, must have been a really heavy sleeper or really, really, really tired. Like have you ever like tried to wake somebody up and you're like, wake up. No? Okay, once in a while that's pastor when you know, he's exhausted. So anyways, Jesus is knocked out. Okay, the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, 
he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. So let's back up a little bit. The disciples are freaking out. Okay, all of a sudden they're out in the sea and all of this, there's a huge squall that's coming. There's a huge winds and waves, storms all around. Waves are roaring at them. Water's coming in the boat. They feel like they're gonna drown. So of course they're anxious. Of course they're terrified. Of course they're like, what is going on? What's gonna happen? Not, we're gonna die. I've felt that before. We're gonna die, okay? We're gonna die. This is how they felt. We don't know what to do, so let's wake up Jesus. Jesus, don't you care about us? And Jesus is asleep in the boat, knocked out. Anyone ever felt like that? Let's be real. Jesus, where are you? This is all happening around me. This is going on. Do you care that I'm suffering this way? Do you care that I'm dealing with this and this and this and this and this and fill in the blank? Do you care? All these winds and raves and everything is crashing around me. I'm going through all of this stuff. Do you care? Here's the perspective change. Here's where we change the focus. Yes. Everything is crazy and chaotic around you. Yes, you may be going through all of these things. Yes, you may feel like you're drowning, but guess what? Jesus is in your boat. Jesus is in your boat. Yeah, it may feel like he's sleeping, but he's in your boat. That's a win, okay? Which means if Jesus is in my boat, that gives me so much hope because guess what? He is the one that can silence the storm. He is the one who can silence the roar. He is the one who can silence the insecurity and silence the doubt and silence the bitterness and silence the hate and the anger and the comparison. He's the one who can do it. He's in your boat. So you don't have to be hopeless. You don't have to be frantic and wondering what's going on. Jesus is in your boat. Okay, so here's what we gotta do. Change our focus. The wind is, Jesus is my boat. He's in there. Change our perspectives, change our thoughts. And here's what we gotta do. We can't let our thoughts go unchecked. We'll let our thoughts just run rabbit. There's a whole circus going on in there, right? Here's what you, I know y'all be doing these like little noise cancellating stuff. All you guys be walking around doing this stuff. Here's what you gotta do to the enemy. Silence it out. I can't hear you, I don't care what you say. Everything that the devil says is a lie anyway, so I'm just gonna keep walking. I'm gonna keep doing what the Lord has called me to do. Not today, Satan. I don't listen to liars. He's a father of lies, he can't tell the truth anyway. So anything you try to throw at me, every time it's gonna bounce out because I can't hear you. Because I'm gonna get my thoughts in check, amen? So we silence out the noise and we replace it with truth. How do we do that? We remove when we move it, we replace it, and then guess what? We remind ourselves. Remind ourselves what God's word says about us. Here is the biggest problem I have with Christians. They don't know God's word. How do you follow Jesus when you don't know him? When you don't know his word? When you don't know about him? You hear what so-and-so has to say and what they believe, but you don't know what this says. We've got to get the word in us so the word comes out of us, right? This is important. We gotta remind ourselves what God says. Well, you can't remind yourself if you don't know what he says. 
But lucky for you, I got some scriptures for you, okay? So here's the one time I'm gonna tell you to take out your phone because if you don't have a notepad and you can't write this down, I'm gonna have you take pictures of these scriptures because there's gonna be a point where you're gonna need a scripture in your life. And these aren't all of them. There's so many, I couldn't, we would have been here all night if I pulled out every scripture, okay? I pulled out some that I felt like you needed to hear. So Philippians 4, six through seven, right up there, take a picture of it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Well, Pastor Jillian, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Lord, I need your help. I'm frustrated. I feel anxious. I feel lonely. I feel abandoned. I feel hurt. Lord, I need your help. Please help me. Amen. Now you know how to pray. It's just like talking to your neighbor without them responding back sometimes. And sometimes you feel like, Lord, where are you? But guess what? He's still in your boat. He still hears you. The Bible says he hears every single thing that you say. Okay, so call on him. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then here's the key. And thank him for all he has done. That's finding a win. I don't know what he's done sometimes. And sometimes it's really hard for me to know. Is there anything good going on? Absolutely. There's always a win. Okay, so thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's it right there. You want peace? You got to live in Christ Jesus. Okay, next one. Ready? First um, Peter 5, 7. If I'm in your way, so I don't want to be my head in your picture, okay? First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It's right there. When you have anxious thoughts, when you're feeling a type of way, the Bible says, cast it on Jesus. He hears you. He wants it. He can take it. He's a big God. Okay. John 14, 27, it says, this is Jesus. He says, I am leaving you with a gift because, you know, he's a good father and leaves gifts. Okay. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. This is the gift God has given you. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. Guess what? Drugs can't give that to you. Sex can't give that to you. Gaming and social media and even friendship, that can't give you that kind of peace. Only God gives you that kind of peace. So don't be troubled or afraid. Okay, another one, Deuteronomy 31.6. Oh wait, I missed one. Psalms 46, sorry guys. Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. When that means refuge, it means God is our safe place. Oh, I know so many of you need a safe place. God is our safe place and our strength. And he is always present when I'm in trouble, when I need help. Deuteronomy 31, six, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of any of it, right? For the Lord your God goes before you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I need to tell you, for those of you that are in a single parent home, God is not a God who abandons. He is not a God who leaves ever. He is always there. He is a God that stays. He is a good dad. He gives gifts of love and peace and hope. And he is always, always, always there for you always there for you. It, despite what your mind tells you that there's no God, God isn't here, he doesn't love me. If he did that this wouldn't be happening or this wasn't be, wouldn't go on, the word of God says, I'm gonna remind you that Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So tell that to your mind when you feel forsook, okay? 
He'll never leave you. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't walk out on you. Psalms 23, 4, one of my favorites. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This scripture gave me hope. When I am walking through the worst season of my life, the deepest, darkest seasons of my life, it says, I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wherever there's a shadow, that means there's light somewhere. We're gonna find a win. If I just keep on walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm gonna find the light. I'm gonna find hope again. Why? Because God is with us. Says it again. Psalm, uh, Isaiah 25, four and five. I love this. This is actually where this whole message came from. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor. This is Jesus. He is a tower, he's a safe place for us. He's a tower of refuge to the needy in distress. Anybody ever been in a distress before? You are a refuge, a safe place again in the storm. You're a shelter in the heat for the oppressive acts of ruthless people. Come on, people can be so ruthless. Your age group can be super ruthless. Come on, right? And, and uh, for the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall or like a relentless heat of the desert, but right here, but you silence the roar. But you silence the roar. So how do we silence the roar? We've gotta speak the word. All of these scriptures I just gave you, every time doubt is coming in your mind, every time fear, every time you feel depressed or suicidal or whatever you're feeling, you're feeling these things, you have to silence the roar by speaking the word of God. You gotta get the word in you. What does the Bible say? If you don't know, that's a great place to start because many people come up with their own conclusions on things. What does the word of God say about it? And then whose voice am I listening to? Am I listening to Jesus or am I listening to what Satan says? Who is a liar? There's no truth in him. He can't tell the truth. I can't stand liars. If anything gets on my nerves more than anything is a liar. Tell me the truth, period, right? Now, I know many of you may not have a Bible, may not use a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, please, after church, come see me because you have to have a Bible in order to function as a Christian in today's society. Amen? Period. Prayer life and Bible reading are so important. And you say, I don't even know where to start. Well, guess what? I'm here to help. I know a lot of us, there's a Bible app on your phone, okay? So it, maybe you don't have it already, but Pina put this together for me. It's a Bible app that you can go to. It has plans for you. You can scroll through if you're dealing with love, healing, anger, hope, depression, fear, peace, any of these things, stress. You can scroll through if you wanna do a Bible plan about it and say, yeah, I want, I want to do a Bible plan on, which one did you click on, Pina? Anxiety. Anxiety, so it's gonna take you to a bunch of different plans that you can start. It tells you there's a seven-day plan, a five-day plan, a three-day plan. My God, just do a plan, okay? That's all you gotta do. If you're dealing with anger, start one there. There's some amazing tools, right? And you guys like to be on your phones all the time anyway, so you might as well put, and guess what? When you do these, you get streaks. You can even do them with your friends, okay? You can invite your friends to do them with you, but this is a way that will really help you to show you like, my God, like, there's more out here, like the word of God is speaking. God is always, always, always speaking, but we are not always listening, right? Because there's so many 
distractions, so many things going on. So we've got to, how we silence the roar is by getting into the word of God and knowing what it says. And then we gotta confess some things over ourselves. okay? I'm gonna give you four confessions and we're gonna confess it over ourselves. Confession, God says I am. Take a picture of this. God says he will. God says he has. God says I can. I'm gonna say it again and then I'm gonna break it down. God says I am. God says he will, God says he can, and God says I can. So listen, anytime that you feel like I can't do it, God says I am. I am going to make it. You've got to confess that. I am good enough. I am a child of God, right? God says he will. That means he will come through. He will do what the word of God says he will do. He will see us through it. He will never leave us or forsake us. That's a confession. That's in the word. He's, God says he can, which, or I'm sorry, it, God says he has, which means he has everything we need. You need peace, God's got it. You need joy, God's got it. You need freedom, God's got it. You need love, God's got it. Everything you need, he has it. And God says, I can. What does that mean? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what the word of God says. I can be free from whatever I'm dealing with because that's the kind of God that I serve. That's the kind of God you serve, okay? So after we've removed the doubt, We've replaced the doubt. We've reminded ourselves what the word of God says. Then number four, we gotta repeat it. Oh, yes, we do, because it's not just like that. It just doesn't, I mean, there's sometimes God just delivers you, and there's other times we gotta walk it out, okay? The enemy is ruthless, young people. He is ruthless. He comes back every single time to keep coming back. To, and here, he's not even gifted with what he's doing. He comes back every time and does the same things over and over and over again. And we let him because we're not prepared, right? He's going to keep coming back and keep doing the same things over and over again. And this is what we have to do. We got to repeat these steps. Remove, replace, remind, repeat. Remove it, replace it, remind ourselves, repeat. So when you get frustrated, remove it, replace it, remind yourself, repeat. When you get anxious, remove the anxious thought. Replace the anxious thought. Remind yourself what the word says about the anxious thought and then repeat the process, okay? When you feel overwhelmed, come on. Remove it, replace it, remind yourself, repeat. Did I make myself really clear on that? You got to repeat because the enemy will constantly coming back at you, constantly. And guess what? I know you're not alone in this. So many of us feel the same way. We understand, we've been there. We, a lot of us can, I mean, I, I purposely did this with all of you yelling it out because I wanted you to hear you're not alone. There's others that feel that same way. There's others that deal with hate in here. There's others that deal with rejection in here and bitterness and hurt and pain or deal with issues with their parents or deal with suicidal thought. That's a real thing. It's a real devil loose. You're not alone. And there's people in your Bible, in this book, real people that walk through the real things that you are walking through right now. You're not alone. There's a man in your Bible and the whole New Testament wrote, most of the New Testament, whose name was Paul. Paul talked about a thorn in his flesh. He also talked about the things that are waging um, war in his mind. Tell me he wasn't anxious at times. 
I mean, Paul went through some crazy stuff. I'm sure he was anxious at times. There's King David. You may know him as David and Goliath. He wasn't always King David. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He did a lot of crazy things. And then the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. And here's the crazy thing about King David. King David, um, he, he would, um, I'm, I lost myself. He wrote a lot of Psalms, okay, in the Bible. And if you read them, there's some really ups, ups, like, God, you are good, you are faithful, you are awesome, you are amazing. And then he had some really down downs. Like Psalm 77, it's down, down. Like he's like, where are you? You've abandoned me, I'm gonna die. Woe is me, all of these different things. I'm sure he dealt with some mental things, okay? So you, I said that to say you're not alone. There's a, a, a prophet in your Bible in the Old Testament whose name was Elijah, who called down fire on, on false prophets and was saying some things and God showed up miraculously. And the next day, somebody says something to him and he runs off in a cave and hides and wants to die. Said, there's nobody else out here. God, just kill me now. I'm sure he was dealing with some mental stuff. Then there was Hagar. She, she kind of gets a bad rap here. But in Genesis chapter 16 through 21, she basically became a single mom who ran away and was watching basically her son die. And she wanted to die and God shows up. And she says, God, he revealed himself to her as Jehovah Rohi, which means the God who sees me. So many of you just don't feel seen. You feel alone and isolated and frustrated and you feel like no one sees me. Does anybody hear me? Somebody can relate. Because Hagar said, you're the God who sees me. And out of all of them, Jesus can relate to what you are feeling. Jesus, before he died on the cross for you, he was in the garden. And the Bible said he was sweating drops of blood because he was, there's so many anxious thoughts running through his mind. He said, God, I don't wanna do this. Of course he was probably terrified. He knew what was coming. He was fully human and yet fully God. And he can relate to us. And he's dealing with all this stuff. And yet he took it to the cross. He said, God, not your will, but my, not my will, but your will be done. Which means we've got a God that can relate to us. God understands us. Jesus understands us. His name literally means Emmanuel, God with us. So when you feel alone, God is with you. When you feel hurt, God is with you. When all your little friends are running off and you feel alone and isolated, nobody wants to be my friend, God is with you. God sees you. God took it to the cross. He faced it and overcame it for you. He took it to the cross. He, over, he took pain to the cross. He overcame it. He took rejection to the cross. He took overthinking and insecurities and anxiety and fatherlessness and jealousy and rejection, abandonment, bitterness. He took it to the cross. He overcame it for us. He took worthlessness to the cross and overcame it for you. So then I started thinking in my mind, what, what can silence a lion's roar? Something that's roaring so loud. What can silence that? And I just felt the Holy Spirit drop it in my heart to say, a bigger lion. A greater lion. 
And I'm here to tell you the Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is bigger than, greater than, stronger than, more powerful than anything that is ever roaring in your life. And guess what? When he shows up, he will silence the roar every single time. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet.